You are listening to Black Man in the Right World. Hey everybody, this is Mike. This is Grant, and today we're talking about defensiveness. White defensiveness. White defensiveness, white fragility, and what to do when you get defensive. And we're also going to talk about shattering your worldview and enhancing your perspective. Enhance! You know, like in crime shows. Sure, whatever. Enhance! So, this is our third attempt to try and start recording this episode. Our third time. Because the first time we started out, he started off with some bro-y... Yo, daddy-o, whatever the fuck you <laughs> That said. is not what I said. All Something I said was, like what's up? Yeah, we're not doing that. We didn't really have a good intro for today, so we thought we'd keep it real. Yeah, no, let's just jump right into it. Yeah, so this week, what's we had happening? a conversation prior to now. It was really actually last week. It uh, was, yeah, it was a couple of days ago. And, uh... You know, it was one of those conversations where things get a little heated, and uh, I reacted defensively. Yeah. I didn't even come at him like that. I literally made, like, a single statement that was some useful information, mm-hmm. and also just like a per- like a perception. Like, this is my perception. Something that you said might be a little offensive. Mm-hmm. And... He came for me like I like you would think okay. I would have told him that I don't know what's some comparison like I called his mama a hoe or something. Uh, the way he came at me, he was like, "Uh, I like to disagree and all the stuff." I don't know. Maybe you didn't come at me that hard, but like it was it was shocking to me because we had we have done so much work in this area. Yeah, with these conversations, we literally have a fucking podcast where we're having those conversations and trying to discuss like. Oh, things that we might do or say that are problematic in, in how communication should operate between ally and friend and stuff like that. Right. And so I was taken back that I was just like, oh, so on this particular topic, we are we're we're at a different place. We're not in the same place where we are with uh, race. So that that was just that was shocking for me. Yeah, I think it uh, it, it highlighted a blind spot for me because it caught me so off guard the comment. And I, it was something that I obviously didn't agree with. And so for... But I don't think anyone ever agrees with like, oh, yeah, you're right. I did say something that was sexist or racist or something. Yeah, it's so it's so interesting, though, because it made me think, you know, that coupled with... you know, Well, every now and then, yeah, we get we get responses or something like that. And, and sometimes people have very inf- insightful information to bring to the table. And then other times people want to be like, cool, Mike, but not all white people are bad. And then they want to go on and on, you know. Right. And, and it, it came across as like the, the, the white kind of white defensiveness. Yeah. Um, which we wanted to talk about today. Which I didn't really know was a thing. Side note, I was doing, I was writing this paper on, or this, this piece on something and uh, the motion picture code. I did not know that one of the things that the most, you know, the whack ass motion picture code from back in the day. Yeah, like during the quote unquote golden age of yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, the golden the racist ass golden age, sexist ass golden age that like basically sucked. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so one of the one of the things in there was saying like depiction of white slavery is not allowed, and I was like, what white the fuck slavery. is that? Yeah, apparently white slavery is like bondage. In like sexual slavery and sexual like bondage and stuff, and I was like, it's called white slavery is one of the terms of it. So the other one is like the slavery, and then there's white slavery. Like so, basically, what it's saying is like it, uh, that to me in my mind erases the the you know sexual torment that was done onto black women and black men slaves. 
Yeah. That's what that erases it, to I, me. I just, I, I was crazy. So, but apparently, break, the other slavery is okay. Yeah, <laughs> like, we can't like don't have sexual bondage in your movies, but like if you have black slaves. But it's does fine. that mean then you can't make any uh, films about Moses leaving the the you know? Because back then everyone thought everyone in the Bible was white in Hollywood, so you can't make any stories about Moses leading the Jews out of you know Egypt. Can't they sure did that. though. The, well, then the they great broke story their ever told code. was like made during the time. So I don't know. That's it, crazy. Whatever. Yeah, it was just it just basically what I'm getting at is that the fact that they added like white before it. Like the the term is so frustrating because like white collar crime, right? White collar crime is what by like crimes that are committed by wealthy people, rich people, and stuff like that. Then there's white slavery, which is not the you know the slavery where you hurt people on perp on accident or right. for, for and you know racial reasons it's like sex slaves and it's like what okay so now we have white defensiveness <laughs> as opposed to <laughs> to regular defensiveness no i i, I get where we're getting at but i'm just I'm yeah and we'll get into that part of it later but it made me wonder like so why why do i sometimes respond to things defensively like do you like have you ever been called defensive um, yes. What do you mean? Like, obviously, shit. I feel like you called me defensive when you were being defensive last week. Well, okay, this is what I was trying to get to, is, like, I feel like calling out someone as being defensive when you're in an argument is, like, isn't, isn't, aren't both parties in an argument being defensive when yes. you're arguing? I will say that you pointed out that you were being defensive. I, oh, was, I was. Just, I was just saying, like, whoa, okay. Yeah. I was trying to, I was trying to just... Unpack your response. Well, I get really defensive when people call me defensive because I want to prove them to them that I'm not. But the only way that you can prove that you're not being defensive is by being defensive. Be like, no, I'm not. No, you only way you can accept it and just be like, yeah. okay, maybe I am. Sorry. Yeah, which is what I tried to do you and didn't, tried though. to do. Kind of. I didn't. You didn't. Uh, I so yeah, I've been called defensive. I think like when I was younger, especially like in in elementary school. And junior high, high school, and stuff like that. When I would, when I was basically like kind of speaking out against microaggressions or weird situations, you know, dynamics between white teachers and myself or black coaches and stuff who were trying, who were saying certain things to me that were very problematic. When I would speak out against that, people would call me defensive. So, like, I would get that confused with the times that I'm actually being. Uh, ridiculously defensive. Like, you know, if you're being defensive over, over like your outfit or some, some joke you made or something. Yeah. I would get that confused with the actual defensiveness that was warranted. Yeah. And like necessary. So yeah, I've been called defensive a lot. Well, I was thinking about this. I think like women, uh, LGBT people and people of color, you know, BIPOC, I think that they would all be accused of being defensiveness when, in in times, it is necessary to be defensive because you're being attacked. Yeah. And I think that that is different. Um, that's a different subject entirely, but I feel like a lot of times I could see the attacker accusing, you know, the defense, the defender of being defensive when they're attacking them and when the attacker is in the wrong. Now, this was not one of those situations, mind you. Um, but I could see that happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, are there pros to being defensive? Obviously, one of them is like when you're being attacked. <laughs> no, I I think uh, mm, I don't know. I would say the pro to being defensive is that you are able to speak 
to speak to your feelings. Okay. Like that could be if you like are speaking to your feelings, you but it's like how you deliver it is it can be the con. I think the pro the pro is being able to be like immediately like that is not what I meant. This this and this this and this you know lay it all out. I think that is not a, necessarily a bad thing. I I would love for someone to let me know when they feel uncomfortable or they don't or they feel like they're misunderstood. But I think how you deliver it and how you present it can be the part where we get into the con. Like if you're screaming back at someone when. And in defensiveness, that might not be good. If you yeah. start swinging on somebody, you know, if you get like real housewives, like <laughs> VH1 on a motherfucker and just start like swelling on somebody immediately when they say something cross to you, then yeah, that might not be the best way to get defensive. So yeah, well, there's, that's true. There's that... definitely pros and cons, but the pro, the, the con will be the delivery for me. Yeah, I could see that. And I think we get into something like that a little bit later um, with some of the information we have pulled here. One thing that that made me think of, though, is the phrase, the best defense is a good offense. Yeah. So that's why. ass. <laughs> but don't do that. Yeah. I say that a lot, like, as a just, I don't know, that's just like a f- turn of phrase I just have. Just like, oh, I'm going to beat that ass, whoop that ass. But I, I ain't going to bust a grape in a fruit fight, to be honest with you. Yeah. That's shout out Jay-Z. Jay-Z. That's I'm where black. I first heard that. I'm black, Grant. That shit I heard before Jay-Z was fucking wiping his own ass. Well, I heard it from Jay-Z. What do you mean? Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> that Here came from, from black folks, black people. Not That's like if I said, like, oh, yeah, I was twerking the other day, and you'd be like, oh, like Miley Cyrus. I'm like, what? Oh, my God. Yeah, fair. Okay, <laughs> this is just such a, this is going to be such a good learning episode. This I is going to be a lesson. We're going to be learning all through this motherfucker every minute. What What are the con, What are the cons of when someone is defensive? Obviously, if they're yelling at you, screaming at you, making you feel like you're the victim, um, that that's that's bad. Yeah, I mean, that's what I, I basically said. The con, for me, the cons are the delivery. Yeah. Uh, and it's just like, also, it's just adding fuel to the fire. That could also be a con, like... If people, if you get defensive and you're doubling down on your initial thought that already caught the, what causes conflict to begin with, you're only creating more conflict. Yeah, it's not a productive dialogue at that yeah, point. Because there's nothing changed. It's like if someone said, like, oh, I feel like you're a selfish asshole. And you're like, what? I'm not a selfish asshole. I just want, I just like my stuff. I like, I don't, I need people not to touch my I just shit. don't care about you at all. Yeah, and it's like, oh, my gosh, stop, Steven. I don't know who, I just named someone. I just, if there's a Steven L- listening. We're not targeting any Steven I'm not targeting anyone. I use a random name, but I forgot I'm popular as fuck, and every random name I use will be someone real. I know at least two Stevens <laughs> that I talk I to on a regular basis. They probably all like, what, nigga? Uh, I hope they're not. Say nigga, yeah, mind. neither of them. <laughs> I don't know any black Steven. As far as I know, so that. don't say that. Um, so this is this is a good transition. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm all one today. But I did find myself asking, like, let's get let's get a definition. What is defensiveness? Okay. Defensiveness is when we try to counter or deny criticisms in an area in which we feel sensitive um, to protect ourselves, protect our emotions. Yeah. It definitely to protect our emotions. You've got your feelings hurt. Yeah. And I think when, you know, when what was said to me earlier this week, it hurt my feelings that that uh, it came across that way or that, you, that that could be a true fact about me. But when I thought about it, I was like, I have a huge blind spot in that area. Yeah, but it was like, it was literally like basically calling out a friend because he said a word or two or a statement. And it's like, sometimes those statements can come off a little cross and like, they're offensive. That's it. It wasn't saying like, you know what? I just realized that you're actually a fucking like problematic asshole. I didn't <laughs> yeah. say that. That is how it felt, which is so interesting though. Well, like, 
just kidding. I know. I'm just kidding. Uh, but I, I understand, and we'll get into that. Yeah. Uh, it, it basically, yeah, I was, I was kind of heated, though, because it was like, it became a point where I had to defend myself, and I was like, "What? Like, yeah, I brought weird. up some that's information bad. to you, like, and and you you're not taking it well. Like, what am I defending here? I don't know what else to like double down on. Like, do you want me to like hurt your feelings? Is that what you're looking for? No, it was just it was just what I had to process, and I'm, I'm unfortunately I you know sent sent some over your way. Yeah, I didn't ask for that shit. Don't yeah. come for me unless I send for you. Mm. Yes, because I was like, ooh, I was like, okay, all right. See, I didn't got real comfortable with his ass. I was like, I done did 24, 25 episodes, and I was like, oh, grandma, little white friend, you know, we can say anything, we kiki and laugh and, and giggle and shit. And then he was like, hold on, motherfucker, I'm gonna let you know real quick, I'm still a work in progress. <laughs> Don't get too Lest comfortable. Lest we forget, I feel like I've gotten a little too comfortable, which I think is an important thing to recognize. Yes, I mean, I don't know if we want to touch on that completely, but the one of the biggest things, because we we need to get into what defensiveness, defensiveness and all that is. Yeah. But uh, was my was the relation was the difference in response to this than to conversations we had about race? That's right. what that's what threw me off. Yeah. Whereas I think like if you if you accept something and 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 acknowledge something is true about yourself in one area, that doesn't mean that you can do the same in a different area. Um, which yeah. I which I learned. Yeah. I, you know, I think I'm like, oh, I'm so receptive to everything. And then someone says something about me and I'm like, what? Yeah, you're like, I would say you're pretty much like at, at AP level as far as like race relations go. Like you, like if someone goes to you and says, what you said is kind of racist. You're like, you know, uh, based on like the system, the systemic, you know, values that I have at one of the places I grew up in my identity, then maybe that statement was racist. Like, that would be your response to that. But if somebody brings up anything else up to you, like with these other things, it could be ableism or something. I don't know whatever example we may use. Mm-hmm. It's like you're there's those are at more of an amateur level or oh, more yeah. like a beginner level. Like, well hold on. I was not trying to be offensive to that person. How dare you say that? Yeah. So it was got it, held back in a couple areas. Yeah, it threw it definitely it just threw me off. Yeah. And it's important now. I mean, I'm glad we're addressing it now defensiveness because yeah um oh this was interesting so this is what psychology today has to say about defensiveness what did they say uh denying rationalizing and justifying our unethical inconsiderate or immoral behavior poor choices failures and poor performance is a balm for wounded egos and protects self-esteem but our relationships are often better and our performance higher when we resist our defensiveness long enough to take our share of responsibility and make needed changes um which I think is interesting for two reasons. Number one, there is self-esteem, which is a huge part of this. And number two is responsibility, which we touched on a bit with forgiveness. Um, but I think it's like, yeah, I think, you know, you if you think of yourself a certain way and then someone says something to you that you disagree with, of course you're going to be defensive because then now that affects what you think of yourself, your self-esteem. Yeah, but yes. Yeah. It's like it's just challenging your reality. Yeah. So like that, anybody's reality gets challenged. You fucking be like, what the fuck? Like, that's the one thing I liked about uh, Inception in that movie. I've seen the movie way too many times. But when they would go to the dream world or whatever, the minute that something was off in the dream world, all of the all of the creations in that dream world would freak out. So like the people, the people in my in my dream, if you would have entered in there and you did something that was not correct, 
everyone, like the cops and the people and the townspeople and the buildings, everything would just be like, oh, hell no, and attack you. Mm. Because that's that's how I think our how human nature actually is. The minute our reality is questioned, we'd be ready to fight a motherfucker. Yeah. Like, so that's why, you know, you got when you know, Republicans and Democrats and middle states and coastal states and rich elites and poor ass motherfuckers, like all these different people yeah. can't, it's hard for them to, to connect with each other because to be able to connect and relate to the other person, they have to challenge their entire reality. Everything that's what yeah, that's what I was gonna say to 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 jump off of that is like what we have is like our shared reality, whatever it used to be on the political spectrum of people has now become so separated because of the bubbles that we all live in that there is no shared reality. So when you question something in someone's reality that just regurgitates that back to them all the time, um, you know, because of their feeds and and the people that they're around, then all of a sudden it feels like this full scale attack because the realities are so different. Yeah, which is crazy. Like, I'm like, why That's, don't everybody just come to the conclusion? I'm like, my conclusion is that my reality is full of some crazy white people and <laughs> and how everybody else has to respond to them. <laughs> That's my reality. So anything you throw at me, I'm like, oh, I expected that. Like, you can throw me some I crazy Democrats. I see what you're saying. For a second there, I thought you were like, wait, what are you saying? What? Well, I was, I was trying to say, like. Are you like, getting defensive? I'm not getting defensive, no. <laughs> well, I was just trying to understand, like, so do crazy white people not exist in other people's reality? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, my reality, like, I'm just saying, at the, not just white people, I'm just, that was a joke. Yeah. I'm just saying, but people in general. Our yeah, world yeah. is full of crazy, selfish people. So, therefore, that by having that reality, the, the actions that Donald Trump takes, I, I can prepare myself for mentally and somewhat physically. Uh, the actions that our Senate or our governments or other countries or, or you know, people that live next door to me, I can I can prepare for those things because I am aware that people are living in a capitalistic, selfish society and they're going to do everything to keep theirs and, and get theirs. You're not going to get caught by surprise by no, any of it. No, uh-uh. Yeah. Yeah, I think... Or at least I'm going to try not to get caught by surprise. Some people have, you know, they have power of taxes and shit like that, so they can, they can fuck a nigga up with it, so. <laughs> That's true. They'll pass a law the wrong way. Yeah. Um. So, like, how do you know if a response is, like, defensive, like, versus just, like, disagreeing with someone? I don't know. I feel like... Do you, do you a, feel like you can identify it? I'm a good judge when I can tell somebody is coming at me sideways. Like somebody, cause like that's the whole point of like what's like someone oh you're throwing shade, or like a real dry response. I can tell when someone's being sarcastic or like kind of kind of trying to talk shit. Yeah. So. Or maybe like overly questioning of you and what oh, you're I saying. Oh, I hate that. I hate like, that one hundred percent. I don't know about that. I like I feel like response. a lot of people want to question me always because just how I talk, and my delivery of most of the things I discuss. And like my hyperbolic like language, I feel like a lot of people want to question my validity of the validity of what I'm saying because they're like, "Oh, he just sounds silly." Like I feel like if you're a person who jokes, though, it's hard for people to take you serious because they're like, everything you say is a joke. So if I start spitting out a motherfucking statistic out of nowhere, everyone's like, "Is that even real?" Or is he just throwing random numbers out? It's like, how do you know? How do I know? So that gets frustrated. I get questioned yeah, a lot. Yeah, that's annoying. And I uh, that will that will lead to some serious defensiveness. Yeah, but like some maybe some justified defensiveness when people justified are sometimes sometimes I'll be acting a fool though I'll acknowledge that. <laughs> um, this is what psychology today said as far as like identifying a, um, you know, defensive response in response to a request, complaint, or concern. A defensive. This is in the context of like a relationship. 
uh, a defensive person uh, does one or more of the following. They deny, lie, or minimize. They insist that the complainer is crazy or too sensitive. Uh, Cross complaints, immediately meets a complaint with a counterattack or countercomplaint. Acts to victimize and hurt to get the other person to back off. Or shuts down, says nothing, and leaves. Oh, that last one drives me up a fucking wall. Yeah, those. That's that incredible. last one is that worst one. I swear to God. Like, I swear to whoever, you know, I almost swear to God right now. He, he be acting a fool already this whole two, 2020. He been <laughs> gave some aliens my address or something. He's like, swear to me? Yeah, yeah. I ain't swear to you. But I swear to, I swear to something. Yeah. But uh, the, like... All the other ones make sense to me, like the, the, the turning into a victim. I, you see people do that all the time. That's that's the Karens, like mm. where their defense is like, oh, but no, I was scared and all that. And it's like, girl, no, stop it. That's that's a still a defense mechanism, mm. uh, and it's and it's not it's not warranted. Uh, and then you know the act, the angry and all that stuff, and and the fighting back and all that. That's like the tick. That's the twitters and that's the tweets and the and the Facebook, you know, and all that's all that shit that all of our Generations, parents, millennials, X generation, and boomers—all that's what they doing on the internet right now. Yeah. But the one where you said to walk away, like don't say nothing, is people think. I think there's this misconception that people think if they like don't say anything and they're the quiet one and they just step away and leave the room that they're like oh, I'm more level headed than the other person. Yeah, because it's. I think that is a thing to like walk away. Like, isn't that what they always say? It's like. You know what? Just be the bigger person and walk away. Turn uh-uh. the other cheek. That's not the. I don't think that's the bigger person. Who do you think is the bigger person then? The person who stays there and, no, and figures the, it out. The bigger person is the person who admits that they are wrong and fix and wants to fix it. The person who wants to solve it is the person, the bigger person. Walking away doesn't solve an issue. Wow. Yeah. That's like true. I, I it, it that I hate that shit because if someone says, "Oh my gosh, you hurt me. I am so hurt. I trusted you," and you go, "Uh, uh-uh, I can't deal with this," and you leave and walk away. <laughs> oh, did you fix it? I don't think so. I think it's I think it's still lingering there, and it's probably growing bigger now because the trust is even worse uh, is more in question because yeah. you stepped away. Like I I learned something. A while back, I don't know from where, from who, probably one of them L.A. you know guru who who fucking meetings. But you know that crazy shit I be doing with these white folk. But uh, I never get invited to those. Uh, it costs money. You was like hell no. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I don't want to name drop them, but you know what I'm talking about. Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, yeah, I ain't doing it right now. But um, anyway, so I was there, and they basically I learned that like. I used to always think that people who were quiet and more reserved than me and would just walk away or leave the room were more level-headed or more civilized than I was. But then they said that actually is a very, like, that is a sign of, like, selfishness, and they actually are the dominant one in the conversation. And I was like, wow, I didn't think of them as the dominant one because you have to do, you are doing all the labor, of all the emotion, all of the talking, you're even trying to talk for them, you're trying to talk for yourself, you're trying to answer, you're trying to fill in the blanks for them, fill in the blanks for yourself, and the other person just like, hmm, whatever, I'm just going to walk away and leave, or I'm not going to say anything at all, and that, and it doesn't have to be an argument, that person is dominant, if like you go to a party, and, 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 and you're talking to one person, and you just keep telling them everything, and tell them everything, tell them everything, and they're not saying anything, they they have the dominant position in the in the conversation because you're divulging everything. You don't know what they're thinking, and you are you're at their like beck and call. And I and I, I didn't even think about that. I thought it was the opposite. I'm thinking the loudest person in the room is the, like 
is the negatively dominant one, but no, it's the it's it can the person that can have the negative dominance can be the the person that's just like this silent demon in the corner. Yeah, that's intense. I feel like sometimes I am that person who is just listening, you know, and quiet. And I yeah. think I can I can fall back on that. I I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't want to give you that listening. Listening is a bad thing. There's a different like if you're listening and then there's going to be a response later, which is how times how we con- converse. I will. I think that's okay. I'm a lot more comfortable letting people talk to me and then responding to them and like sharing like sharing responses to what they share with me than me starting a conversation and sharing. Okay, that might be a di- that's like a different topic entirely, but that is something that I struggle with. Yeah, like and I feel like that can leave the other person in the situation feeling emotionally vulnerable and like weird about it because like they just divulged all this stuff and then i was like like talking them through it but then i didn't share any of my weird stuff i i feel like that's why i get frustrated because i can talk fast and i can talk and i can fill in a blank and sometimes i'm just filling in the blank just to fill in the blank like what i'm saying could still be like a valid statement or it could be a truth but if it's silent, like I, my brain operates like it's moving and moving and moving and moving. I'll mm-hmm. start creating the stories and filling in the blanks with something either in my head or verbally. So like, I need something to go there sometimes. And yeah. if nothing goes there, then it's gonna just drive me crazy because I'm just gonna be like, well, I'm just thinking about what you're thinking about now. That, yeah, I do is, that too. Yeah, this is saying like if I got in an argument with someone, like I don't know, we start arguing about the the kitchen or something, and then the person just go. Mm. And then walks away. I'm like, that would be weird. Yeah, I'm like, that's weird. I'm like, no, you got to be mad at me. If I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong. If I'm right, then we need to have a conversation about it. Like, it's like, because that goes into the passive aggressive territory. It's like, you still have an opinion about it, even if you didn't share it. You sure do. But your actions will reflect it. Absolutely. Yeah. Have you ever done any of these? Denying, lying, minimizing. All of them. Insisting the complainer's crazy or too sensitive. All of them. Cross complaints. I will. Act, I will. Acting say, victimized. I try not to act victimized. Uh, I think that. that what if that, you actually feel victimized? Yeah, I'm probably actually. I'm probably actually a victim. But yeah. uh, I think that hap- that can happen on like without my wanting. Like I think that can happen naturally. Like if I'm with my family or something and we're all arguing and I said like this this is messed up and y'all hurt my feelings stuff and I start crying. Mm-hmm. That's like um, that's un- involuntary and then like it becomes like now you're just being a defensive little victim. Like mm-hmm. but I didn't mean to do that. It's just a natural response. No, so, I do that too. Like if I get in an argument like let's say like w- that's a that's with someone really close to me, like I will definitely get upset that they're upset. And it's not like I'm like actively being like, ooh, if I cry right now, that's gonna manipulate them into getting what I want. <laughs> like, well, I'm gonna win this shit. No, not at all. Like, it's just I'm just so emotional and I just haven't dealt with it <laughs> that it's like coming out. And then now it's like, well, great. Now I now it's like now it's become more about me than it was about what they were just trying to talk to me about, which yeah. I don't like. I hate that actually. I I mean I definitely just do a lot of those things. Yeah, I do too. Because I think I mean maybe we'll touch on this later. I don't know. But I, it's because I, I can't help but hold on to other situations. The way my memory works is like a file cabinet. And, and, but it's not a file cabinet. It's not like an old school 1993 file cabinet where you actually put the manila folders in it. My file cabinet is Windows 95 where I got, it's on, it's digital. So like it, it may, it may be old school and outdated, <laughs> yeah. but 
It, it can hold a lot. It can hold about 256 megabytes worth of shit. So I, I'm, I got a lot of, you know, I have a lot of stuff in there. And and if you and I can't let, I, it's hard to let it go because it's just, it, my memory, it just stays there. It's like, yeah. it's one of those things where people say, like, you know, let things go, get over it. There, I have, I think I naturally have let some things go and I'm fine with it. But does that mean I f- forgot about it? No, I can I can tell you the whole situation point blank period. And that and I hate that I can do that because then it come it can come off like, oh he's still holding the grudge and maybe to some degree and you know some psychologists could easily say yeah you probably are if you if you remember it like that. But who, unless I get a lobotomy or I go through like eternal sunshine and spotless mind type shit, there's no yeah. way I'm gonna be able to forget it. Yeah, I'm always gonna remember that wrongdoing. Okay. So, I have the opposite problem. I, know this is, I realize this is getting away from the prompt, but I like this. Where, like, I will remember things when people bring them up, but my recall is terrible. It's like, I have that same computer, but the search engine on there is busted. But if someone's like, that file's on your computer, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, yeah, that is there. See, no, that's why I said you got, no, you got the manila folders. No, what? You, yeah, you got. I don't even get the 90s supercomputer. No, uh, you don't get Windows 95. You got the old, you got the old lady named Gladys. What about an 80s She got, She got a floral moo on. She in a little uh, chair with the wheels on it. And she got the file cabinet. She, this, now, now, Gladys know where all the shit is. And she know how to do her job well, but she don't, she don't always be paying attention. So she'd be like, huh, what's going on? What day is it? But when you, when you really bring it up to her and be like, the file. From 1998 on August 3rd, and she went, Oh, yeah, 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 I know where that is. And I remember she, it. She'll swivel her ass around the office and go find it in the manila folder. That's what you got. <laughs> you don't have, but you don't have Windows 95 like me. Okay, so there's a, there's a, this is a huge tangent, but you never have to think about how in Law and Order, the people that get asked the questions always know exactly who the person's talking about. It's the person that's always sitting down in a, in a station, a workstation somewhere. That's what Gladys made me think about. The yeah. person on Law and Order that's always like, Oh, I remember him. He came in last week yeah red hair yeah you and know? i'm like how who what it'll be like a random waitress or something she pops by the side like i saw him and i'm like oh, okay whatever first of all the fact that they were able to get the waitress that was on like on that shit working that shift is like amazing yeah i mean imagine if the show showed us a bunch of irrelevant moments that they didn't figure anything out though see they- i want to make that <laughs> that procedural crime it's, show. Like a, it's just all the filler stuff it's like these are all the cops that actually just suck at this and never find out like it's not mariska hardigay and all these people yeah it's the other cop and he's like yeah i never figure it out she always cracks the case that would be hilarious <laughs> maybe not for a full show but okay that's genius let's get back to okay so back to defensiveness i have definitely done all of these things i feel like i've gotten beyond the point where i'm denying lying or minimizing things i probably still minimize things select things yeah because sometimes you just don't feel the same way about somebody's complaints about you and, and i'm not talking about race or something like that let's just say like someone's like i didn't like that you put that there or i didn't you know, like it could be like a totally minimal situation to you, but it's a big deal to them. And so it's hard to like meet them where they are when you just don't feel the same I, way. Yeah, I could, I could see, I can go to, cause since we have these roommate situations and we only got two more weeks of being roommates. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, I know, isn't that sad? <laughs> yeah, that is Cause sad. Cause you fucking hate me. That um, is not true. Yeah, you're fucking abandoning me. Okay, um, um, but anyway, moving forward with my yeah, life. Move, move, whatever. I'm not gonna get defensive about this. It's the truth, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I would say it. like moments like if how you would prepare a certain dish mm-hmm. or use a certain dish or do something a certain type of way. If I brought it up, you'd be like, "Well, yep, I did it that way. Oh, okay, whatever. I don't care about it." And I'm like, I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
that doesn't just dismiss it just because you don't give a fuck. Because it's invalidating you, right? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. just like, ugh. I was like, well, I don't know. That's why I said if I'm wrong, then like, tell me why this is a better way. Not just, that's just the way it is. I feel like that's just... See, I always jump to conclusions, which is bad. Because I always think, oh, if something, some little thing is a big deal for someone, there must be some bigger thing behind it. And so I'm always leaping to the next part um, when, like, it could just be this person is really annoyed that I cooked a dish a certain way or, you know, cleaned a dish a certain way. Yeah. It's like, just stop doing it that way. Like, it's not working. It's not effective enough. But, like, in my mind, I'm like, how could you really be this mad about a dish? Like, like well, this see, is definitely is because is... you're still mad at me from last week. Oh, my whatever, gosh. You know, like, some crazy thing that you come up with in no. your head. Sometimes it's not even people are mad. It's just, also, it just becomes hard to, like, turn off living in a, being in a world so much of, like, management and hospitality and all that stuff like that. I'm used to being, like, you're not doing that right. Okay, you said a better way for you to do it. Let me show you and, like, try to help people all the time. And then, But in the real world, people aren't down like that. In the real world, people don't want to, like, know if they're cutting something wrong. They're like, fuck off, don't touch me. I'm doing it the way I was I always know how to do it. And I'm like, sorry. Do you I'm think just... people are more defensive in the workplace? Uh, when not, it comes to not that? always. Because they shouldn't be. It's almost like you're taught not to be. Yeah. People are, but they're taught not to be. Like, especially being a manager and a server, like, all the time for someone to be like, oh my gosh, like this person got so mad at their food, took 20 minutes to come out. But I was like, whatever, like, th- like stop bothering me, stop it. I'm like, but did the food take 20 minutes to come out? I'm like, <laughs> no. See, what you don't understand is I have so many tables and like this, this, and this. And they're like, but, and the person's just being, I'm like, but did the food take 20 minutes to come out? They're like, yes, but. I'm like, there's no but. Yeah. If it takes 20 minutes to come out, the customer, the customer, the guest is right. Now let's solve that. I understand you probably have a valid reason for why it did. I understand you could have, there could be a whole plethora of reasons. It might not even be your fault. That's cool. But the fact of the matter is, it did take 20 minutes to come out. Let's not spend another 20 minutes of you defending why it took 20 minutes, because now it's going to take 40 minutes to come out. And now they're really going to be mad at me and you, because I didn't solve the problem as a manager. You made the problem worse as someone who said it wasn't their fault to begin with. What would have been the right response for that person to say? Just like, okay. I, I, I know. I think any manager or person in hospitality could agree with me that if you just say, get, get right to it, walk up to the manager and be like, hi, this person's food took 20 minutes to come out. I'm really sorry that that happened. Uh, we, need to, we need to make sure they get some food out right away. Or, they, or can you go talk to them? And then they'd be like, okay, cool. Uh, let me go do, handle that. I don't, if someone comes to me and says, okay, Mike, so you see what happened was, you know how I be working Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, right? And you know how sometimes my apron don't be fitting on, right? And you know how sometimes I get too many tables and then, like, everybody be acting crazy and they be getting really hot in here because the air AC don't work correctly. And then sometimes the cook, Tony, be acting a fool. And then I'm like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? And they be like, oh, I forgot to get somebody some water at table 11. I'm like, all of that? You said all of that? It, the whole 35 minutes then went by. That person then ga- got up and left and you just now finished your whole goddamn story. I'm like, we. this is a restaurant. We are trying to move quickly. I don't have time for you to tell me this whole damn story. Yeah. But just yeah. get to it. Yeah, just get to <laughs> it. So, yeah. I feel like that story and, and that line of thinking in particular is such a great transition into white defensiveness. Oh, my god! Because, like, when you bring something up about racism to a white person, don't mm. they give you, like, that, like, don't we, I should say, yeah, give don't, you that. Don't I know, got to catch myself. Don't we give you that response that where it's like, oh, I have a hundred excuses as to why this doesn't apply to me. Yes. 
Like I that that guy going through all of those the, all of those you know reasons for why he did or said something to me just sounds like a white person being like, well, this is why you know I'm not racist in this moment because X Y Z you know yeah letters later give us give us the 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 little definition and then let me get my like crazy ass you know mic perception. You got it. So white defensiveness is a term developed by scholars to describe allegedly defensive responses by white people Mm. to discussions of societal discrimination, structural racism, and white privilege. The term has been applied to characterize the responses of white people to some portrayals of the Atlantic slave trade and European colonization or scholarship on the legacy of those systems in modern society. Academics and historians have reported multiple forms of white defensiveness, including white denial, white diversion, and white fragility the last of which was popularized by anti-racist scholar Robin D'Angelo. And see, that's so interesting to hear because I, I know there's going to be a person that's listening and that's going to immediately be like, okay, see, this isn't fair. And all those things are like, just like making me more of a bad guy. Now, the thing is, no one ever said that everyone goes through moments of fragility, defensiveness, uh, guilt. Everyone goes through those those motions. The reason why that I believe that they have had to create a whole new one is because it's specific to one topic. Yeah, when race. we're discussing one topic, and that's race. It's and it's special to that one because it's it's not grounded in anything else. But like, no, I'm not racist. No, I uh, slavery was a long time ago. I have nothing to do with that. And it's like, what? That's Lincoln so, freed the slaves. Yeah. Uh, Why aren't you all happy um, now? If somebody th- end quote. I, you know the president said that shit. Exactly. I can't believe it. Oh my god, I can't. I'm not gonna do it. Okay. Right, anyway, not, not I'm to not gonna you. It. We're not gonna talk about him. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's the king of white fragility. But yeah. Uh, I think my because I'm growing up like one of the only black kids in my high school, elementary school. You know, in a racist ass town like Bakersfield, uh, <laughs> is. I dealt with it so much and I didn't it made me feel like I was doing something wrong. Because if 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 nine out of ten people in the room are fragile and and expressing white fragility, I think I'm the crazy one. And I think wow. I'm the one doing the wrong thing. Cause I'm the one, you know, I'm the one black kid. And I'm sure that defensiveness, you know, was amplified by yeah, everyone. Oh, yeah. And everyone so if everyone else is like and they're all agreeing, and I'm like, well, I'm maybe I'm a fool. So like a, a case in point example would be like we're discussing uh, slavery and stuff, but we're discussing it for 30 minutes and then it's done. And then I make a statement like I did in fourth grade, like, oh, what, are we going to talk about the Dust Bowl in, the, in, uh, in World War II again? I was like, that's all we talk about. I was like, we know what happened there. We never talk about slavery. I feel like we talk about it for five seconds and that's it. Everyone goes, oh, my gosh, Mike, don't like that. Yeah, like, you know, like it was like, a oh, don't. It's just like we're not we don't like hate black people. We're not racist type thing. You know, like I don't know how you fourth grade fourth graders, that kind of conversation talks. Even yeah. the teachers at the time were kind of like, mm, let's let's move on. Also, people turned it into like, oh, I hate I uh, I'm like. I'm against the Holocaust. I'm against, or I don't know how to say it. I'm for the Holocaust, I guess. Or <laughs> like or, they'll turn it on you and be like, "What do you have against?" The like Dust I'm Bowl? diminishing. I'm diminishing the importance mm, of the Holocaust. Like you are the one minimizing the yes. Holocaust or minimizing the because the I Dust just Bowl. that was an example, and that's all. I would just I would just say, why do we always talk about when we're the heroes? Let's talk about when America made some fuck ups. 
And they, I was like, we could pick a whole bunch of, you know, I'm talking about slavery. We can talk about the Native Americans. We could talk about Vietnam War. We could talk about all kinds of stuff. Like, let's talk yeah. about when we fucked up. Uh, and, like, not always when we came in to save, like, the heroes and marched on the beaches of Normandy at the last minute and saved entire country. Like, I don't want to talk about that all the time. But that's what we kept talking about. But by me saying that and everyone getting defensive, uh, everyone immediately was like, "We're not bad people. Stop it. This isn't fair. You're like, you're you're targeting us." And I, yeah, that, we act victimized. So that was that was a small dose of 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 the white fragility. It, it came in droves as I got older, when uh, in the white defensiveness, when it was like we had the black student union, and then the kids would like petition, like, "Why can't we have the white student union? This is racist. This Why isn't would you fair. even want a white student union? Isn't that just like SGA?" <laughs> Pretty much, but I was also running that shit, so I could see why they were upset. Oh, that's why they're uh, mad. See, they only got <laughs> mad when Obama became president. Now all of a sudden, you know, you've got the like, black guy in charge, and people get upset. Be stop being mediocre, then. Sorry, you want to? You can make a mediocre uh, student union, and you can be part of that. Uh, <laughs> my, my question is always like, what does it take away from you? Were you running? Like the only person who has a right to be upset. Would be, yeah. would be John McCain. Well, the people, I mean, if people get mad, like I'm sure at some point in your in your adulthood, lifehood, whatever, that you probably were like, why do black people have Black History Month? And why don't we have like a White History Month? And whether that was like you thought about that when you're like six years old, seven years, eight or 10, 11, 13, whatever, or one of your friends thought about it, I feel like people come up with that. And it, like it does make sense to to question that. Like, at, at a young age, like, well, yeah. why don't we have, like, we have, everyone else gets a month, why don't we? But then you have to realize what is considered normal. <laughs> Those are the 11 months out of the year. Yeah. Or what, is white con- history what is considered month. tradition. Yeah. Uh, and that, that applies to you. That's Thankfully, why you have- I never had that thought. Um, the only time that I feel like I confronted my whiteness as being an, a negative in that regard, obviously I've learned, like, how racism and white supremacist delusion <laughs> is, like, negative. Um, was when I was applying for colleges and I confronted my own mediocrity. It had nothing to do with my race or, or identity or anything like that. It had to do with me thinking when I was 17, mind you, this was high school grant being yeah. a dumbass, um, that, oh, I'm boring because I'm an average white guy. That's what I thought. Guess what that was? That was mediocrity. That was me, number one, not thinking honestly about myself because I was weird and, and kooky in all sorts of different ways. Yeah. And But number two, that was me realizing, like, not owning the things that about me that was actually really cool at the time and instead thinking that some outward thing was going to be the thing that would define me and make me interesting or, the, or that I have had suffered in some way in my life and that, that that would make my writing, my personal essay more interesting. Yeah, I, that's that's so fascinating because I was like, what do you white boys think we do? You think literally in my essay is like, hi, everyone, I'm black and blackness is blacker than black can be. And like, I grew up black and you know how black is. It's like, <laughs> and then they're like, oh, my gosh, that was so profound. He's black. And like, let's accept him. No, what the fuck? I have to be yeah. interesting, too. I can also be mediocre. Is the thing is like that, that you know, it's it, that's just a normal thought that a lot of people have had even I have had Um, but it's like that exoticism where it's like oh people of color and stuff just automatically are cooler like no we can be boring and nerdy and and nothing too or even worse which is what I feel like I was assuming at the time is that you know quote 
people of color or quote white people, either people of color always go through strife or white people never uh, go through strife. And then that has its own racist um, connotations to it, doesn't it? A lot of people, I will say, most of America thinks that, and that's the reason why Donald Trump became president, because all the white people who actually are going through strife is like, you forgot about us. Yeah, that's a huge... Oh, Lord. That's a huge issue. And then when you tell them how, you know, what privilege works, they're like, I ain't privileged. And and that's, that's boiling down what we're getting at, is that... People, people don't want us to be told they have white privilege. People don't want yeah. to be told they have privilege because they're like, if they, if you went through something bad, your parents passed away when you were younger, you were an orphan, you grew up poor, you've been to jail, you ha- you have disabilities, you've lost your job multiple times, you've survived uh, two generations of immigration, and. Uh, I don't know weather, bad weather conditions or something. And like all these things could could occur to you while you still have white skin, blonde hair, blue eye, whatever. And so those people go, nope, I don't have privilege because I don't live in I don't live in New York and I don't work in Wall Street. And I'm like, no, no. So you're getting this confused. Like the privilege isn't being just being white. It isn't just that. It is it is the things that can be because you are white. That is the privilege. And the things that aren't because you aren't something else. Yes. It's yeah. it's it's like it's like you basically it's like the the idea of privilege is that you walked into you went you got invited to a party with a bunch of uh game changers and a bunch of tastemakers and 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 like the coolest people. You got invited to that party. Because everybody's there. You know, all of Wall Street's there, Ivy Leagues are there, great jobs, everyone is there. Now, you you might be you might be poor or something and not have the best outfit and might not know how to communicate with these people. And that sucks. But you still got invited to the party. There's but there, there could be reasons what makes you not might make makes you not able to communicate with these people or make you not able to to connect with them. I understand that. There could be a lot of things that got in the way of you actually making relationships with the people at that party, but you still got invited. And if you didn't, you just didn't know you had your you just didn't know you had an invitation, but you did. Yeah. Now being a person of color or being a, per- a woman of color, uh, you don't get the you don't sometimes you don't get the fucking invitation at all. You don't get the invitation to that party at all. You don't, you didn't even know them niggas existed. Now imagine being that like and I, I can say and I I'll challenge myself and I'll say there probably are white people as well in this world who are are completely unaware of the opportunities they can have. Especially if you like are in a really small town and in a yes. small bubble and you feel like you know all that's going to amount to me is. You know, I maybe I get a job here, and yeah, if you, you're, you're, you, your possibilities seem limited for whatever reason. Yeah, you if you live in a small town, so that's a whole other thing. We that's classism, and now we got that's another conversation we need to talk about. Yeah, but I'm I'm talking about outside of just classism. Uh, I'm talking about like identical people living in identical situations, like the black kid who lives in the suburbs and the white kid who lives in the suburbs. One of them gets the invitation to Hogwarts, the other one doesn't, because the other one is a mudblood. Now, like that to give you the, you know, because I love to use analogies and shit. And so there, it's basically, it's basically like that. And the, even if the black kid gets an invitation to that party, he walks in the room like I did and everyone knows, oh, here's the black kid. And some people are like, well, maybe I should talk to him because he is the black kid. And some people are like, well, I don't want to talk to him because he is the black kid. And that's, that's where the, that I lack. Sounds the, like being Harry Potter. 
Yeah, so like being Harry Potter, like because everyone knows who he is the second he walks into the room. Those those storylines, all like the Harry Potters, the Star Wars, the Lord of the Rings, all those storylines, they all use like little you know little scrawny white guys or whatever as the main character. But to be a person of color and to be a woman many times is to live a life like those characters, where you where you are given this huge task on your shoulders, where you're like you are representative of your entire people, not completely. We know it's shouldn't be that way but you are and if you fuck up everyone will die <laughs> damn so it's like it's uh that's and it feels like that and, yeah. then, and there's a lot of people that judge you there's a lot of people that are obsessed with you there's a lot of people that are infatuated with you a lot of people that are jealous of you and you have to deal with all that and so like that that is you know that's why i love so many uh fictional storylines like Naruto and Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and stuff like that. It's because I can relate to the circumstances of of the the main character and dealing with all those people around them. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's a way of thinking about that that I've never thought of before. Yeah. So, I mean, privilege, like, I, there shouldn't be a level that the, the amount of defensiveness and energy people give to being like, I'm not privileged. It's like, it's not even like... It's not even that bad of a thing, to be it's, honest with you. Okay, so let, that that gets me into another topic. Well, it's Let's part go. of the same thing, Let's which go. is this, the the concept of white fragility specifically. Okay. So why does it seem like for us as white people, it's like stepping on glass when we get accused of racism or or having privilege? Why does it feel like such a visceral emotional thing for us? Well, one of the reasons is because it's something we've never thought of our entire life. Now, that's different now than maybe it was 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Yeah. Because the conversation has come up multiple times. Um, but the concept of white fragility, as described by academic Robin D'Angelo, um, states that white people react to racial stress with an outward display of emotions such as anger, fear, and guilt, and behaviors such as argumentation, silence, and leaving the stress-inducing situation. So it's, it's like, it's stress, it's like stressful for us, which is so interesting. <laughs> okay. Now I'm going to answer your skull. A skull. single tear just rolled down my fucking <laughs> the, cheek. The world's the tiniest A- violin. A24 just came and produced my entire series of emotions right now. And oh, I the, am heartbroken. Yeah. I need, can, can someone please call Timothy Chalamet in here to portray the emotions that I am going through so he can win an Academy Award? <laughs> Because okay. white people have to go through some stress. As a white person, I need to respond to this, okay? <laughs> so, like, we got an email from someone, you know, late last week or something, oh, before yeah. you and I had our discussion that prompted this. Sure. That had this kind of stance where it was like someone took it their opportunity to have, you know, for there to be a soapbox about, like, well, why, why are people of color so defensive about racism um, when, like, like, as opposed to, like, the LGBT community that isn't. They're accepting of help, whereas, like, people are defensive of help or something like there that. There were a lot of generalizations. There was a ton of generalizations, Which is right? never good. Yeah, and uh, we won't even get into it because a lot of it was illogical. But my, res- <laughs> my response as a, as a white person reading this is, like, this person was upset about the blind side. This person was upset that, like, I guess that movie didn't get enough respect because she was just trying to help. But she did get enough respect. because Wasn't she nominated for an Oscar? She won. Oh, my God. First of all. Didn't, okay. didn't Sandra Bullock win for the blind side? 
Or am I wrong? I, or did she win for Gravity? We will have to look it up. She won for one of those. Either one of those brought was a was a mark of her comeback. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, but I I know for sure she was nominated because I remember seeing that clip, even though I've never seen that movie. I'm sure, sure where she's like at sure. the stock. I didn't see that movie. Either. I was like, field. the hell that? I, I lived that movie. One of my friends' mom was acting like her. No, I don't know. I had this moment where I was on my high horse and I was and I was reading this, or, or you were reading it to me, and I was just like, I don't understand why this person takes this so personally. Like, me as a white person, I don't take it personally. Now, this was before you and I had our conversation, which was a very humbling experience for me. But I just get frustrated when white people have this visceral response to being called racist or to just talking about race and talking about entitlement. And I think that that's because you and I talk about it every day. It's been conditioned out of me. Well, I know that that there there is something deep inside of us where it's like, I think we're just not... We either aren't educated in that area. We like it makes us uncomfortable because it makes us feel shitty about our self esteem. Um, but it's just so frustrating to me that, that that is the response. It doesn't. You don't have to take it so personally. But this this I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna let you in on a secret. The reason why you feel that way because that is the only feeling that racism can truly give you. That feeling you guys feel of shittiness. That yes, yes, we know it sucks. We don't, need to, we don't need to rehash that. We're like, we know it's not fair. It doesn't make sense. Why, why, why? We've been saying that shit for years, okay? For decades, centuries. But you need to acknowledge that, that that's what it feels like. So let's find any way possible. I don't want anybody to feel like this. Like if someone called, came up to you, to you, white person, and said, Grant, you, the things you're doing is kind of coming off a little racist and prejudice. You should be like, oh, my God. Ugh. Like I don't want to feel that way. I don't want to be that way. Let's let's fucking solve this. Let's fix this. That should, that I would be more open to that response versus like what? Nope, not at all. There's no way I can do that. You're a fucking liar. That's basically what you guys are telling us. I what to 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 connect it to something natural, some elements. It's like if we were able to 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 grasp and hold a a flame in our hands and it was hot and it burnt us. And I say here, hold this flame, and I pass the flame over to you. And you go ah, it's hot. I'm like yes, dumbass. It's just, that's what I'm trying to tell you. It's been it burning you for years. It ain't differently hot for you. It ain't. It didn't only burn you. It, it's, it's hot for me too. That's why. It's, that's why you're so fucking defensive and upset because it's ridiculous. It's a painful thing. It's and a I painful think, thing. Okay. Yeah. And I think that that is something that I took for granted. That like whether it's for eight years of conditioning under you of getting burned, you know, by the, the flames of the, racism. Yeah. By this little proverbial flame. Yeah. That I think I took for granted the 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 pain that it causes people when they experience it. It uh, sucks really bad. Yeah, and it's that's why it, it sucks for both people. Yes, nobody wants it. That's not because it's not a good thing. It's not a natural thing. This is not something that we're born with that we have to suddenly, you know, like overcome like against our nature. Racism is not natural. It's no. at least not structural racism and all that. I don't, yeah, I don't think, no. I don't think that, any kind like, of racism is natural. No, I, w- I would say like, you know, competition and stuff like that is natural maybe. But like these arbitrary rules group, and, and Maybe things, group think and, and group mentality. Yeah, no, no, no. That's, that's the thing. It's silly and it can be challenged and broken down. I, I think like what, it, what, our, what would our world be like if we started like phrasing it like, do you want to be labeled a, a murderous cop and a, per, a cop that doesn't know how to do his job? And it's like, no. It's like, okay, then focus on that. 
Now think about that. The next time you are come face to face with an unarmed black man, the first you don't have to be you don't have to go and be like, okay, am I racist? Uh, how am I problematic? Uh, am I do I have white fragility? I know you're going to be too fucking eggheaded to think about all that shit. So so think selfishly and think about wait, do I want to lose my job? Do I want to be called racist? Do I want to uh, uh, do I want to be a bad cop? Do I want to like ruin my family name? Think about those things and then make your decision off of that and don't shoot the fucking guy. Like, I don't give a fuck how you get to the fucking the righteous move, the righteous <laughs> move. Just get there. It's yeah. like I don't I don't give a fuck how you white people going how you're going to unpack racism and deal with it. I just want to get it. I just want it gone. Like, figure, I don't know, get there anyway, get there somehow, like I had a song say. This goes for anything, not just white people to racism, this goes for, you know, black people with internal ra- internalized racism, this goes with, uh, you know, ableism and sexism and homophobia. homophobia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. Hold up, this concludes part one of our conversation on defensiveness. But we have more to say, so to hear part two, tune into the next episode. Thank you for listening to Black Man in the Right World. If you like what you heard, please like, comment, subscribe, or leave us a five-star review. For more, go to www.blackmanrightworld.com or email us at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.